The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing for almost a year now. We have none other than uh, our very own Pronto Comics uh, DSS. <laughs> yeah, are we going to have like an anniversary party for um, the beginning of the quarantine of the pandemic? Yeah, socially distanced with virtual pizzas. That's what's going right. to happen. That's yes. what we're going to do. Yes, right. we, we have the virtual pizza. Look at you getting ahead of their show. <laughs> and we also have uh, from thelifewithgenergy.com, Jenilee Feldy. Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, I said, this, how you doing? Uh, uh, we doing all right? <laughs> Um, on this week's show, we're going to have a very own Pompa comic. Could you be any whiter? <laughs> um, I no. <laughs> on this week's you, show, you, you are the whitest Latin gentleman. I'm I've doing ever good. Met. I, I am the worst Hispanic. I've I've said this many times. I'm probably one of the worst Hispanics out there. Um, yeah, you're great Hispanic. Aw, that's nice. So on this week's show, we're going to have our Pronto Comics Dominic Definition Man's panel with his comic pick of the week. A new bookworm Benson segment, a Jaybird and Lee segment, and our quarantine corner where I briefly discuss the indie film Safer at Home. Before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well, as the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating 26 years of comicness and pop culture stuff, for more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for May 1st and May 2nd of this year. As, as our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, who was unable to join us today, uh, says it's scheduled for May because it may happen and it may not. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, also want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. If you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, look up the Came From Radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you get your own little shout-out. Uh, also, on our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, you can uh, buy us a virtual pizza as a Jen Elise Felding had mentioned earlier in the show. We would greatly appreciate it. You know what's even better? They buy what? us a real pizza. But yes. I'm hungry. Yes. I'm but hungry, uh, you can't order us a pizza on the website. You only order us a virtual pizza on the website. I don't know why we can't make a Domino's account. <laughs> we should. <laughs> when, they, when they become a sponsor, then, then we'll have a Domino's account. Or like, you know, just tell them where our, you know, how to send something Grubhub. <laughs> I love Domino's. It's fancy Italian Domino's. <laughs> oh God! But well, let's start with the sad news, which is a very it's a it's a ironic news more than sad news. Um, Interesting. Uh, this I only brought it up because it's ironic. Uh, Bernard 
Lowen, L-O-W-N, the inventor of the defibrillator, died recently of heart failure. What, the defibrillator wouldn't work? I don't know. but It wouldn't yeah, no. bring him back to life? That, that's more the <laughs> irony, is if he had a heart attack, they tried to use a defibrillator and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I just I just had to mention it because I found it as going through that. So that's the only dead uh, dead news we have. That's the only sad news we have this week. I mean, I'm sure that's the only dead news. I'm sure I'm sure other people have died, but it, we just did not report it. Um, Bernard was 99 years old. So there you go. Um, so moving on to the not as sad news or not as ironic news from the Hey, I have a shared universe two department. None other than Spawn my creator, bless you, Todd McFarlane, recently Sorry. announced that he is going to expand his record-breaking comic to include a multi-character interconnected comic book universe. Todd says, <clears throat> the simple question is this. DC Comics started a shared universe in the late 1930s. Marvel began theirs in the early 1960s. So can lightning strike a third time beginning in 2021? I personally do not have the answer to that question right now, but the only way to get it is to make an attempt in the first place. Um, as part of the announcement, Todd is going to release four new titles coming out in 2021, with three of them continuing on as regular monthly titles. Todd says, <clears throat> this is a long-intended plan that will need the help of creators, then to reward those creators if any of those ideas pay off. The quest isn't to have our ideas exclusively live in the comic book industry, but to have merit and value outside um, of, the, of the creation. So what are the possibilities if hundreds of creators are brought together? Marvel and DC have shown us that the collective group of characters together in a shared universe can resonate globally. I think it is time for David to attempt to join the same arena as the Goliath of the world. Um, you actually uh, interviewed Todd McFarlane, didn't you, Dominic? Yeah, I was going to say I interviewed him, and he sounds nothing. <laughs> I'm not trying to even steal Charlie's shtick, but we literally know what the man sounds like, <laughs> and he does not sound anything like what you did. I think, and, it's, uh, I think it's cool that he's, he's making – is basically building off what he said in, in the interview. He's expanding to see what he can do with the big people. Yeah. No, I, I think it's great. Um, I find it kind of hilarious how he's saying um, – david taking on goliath i mean i suppose it's still sort of true but you know he's a huge name and he's still as i understand working with image and i've said multiple times on the show now it's no longer the big two it's really the big five marvel dc image being the top of the pack and i think like dynamite and one other company that's escaping me at the moment you know they're it's not as yeah idw thank you uh, even Dark Horse, so it's kind of almost like six, you know. So these are—it's really no longer dominated by uh, Marvel and DC, but Marvel and DC do have that expanded universe. I can say um, I can agree with you, and at the same time, I'm going to counter that point with uh, something I always like to say about how famous something is or how big a property is. Right. If a person who knows nothing about that genre knows of them, for example, uh, right. for, for Jen. Um, do you know who Tom McFarlane is? I'm sorry, I fell asleep. <laughs> exactly. Jen, we're do you know just, who Stan Lee is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're all just ripping off we're all just ripping off Charlie's bits today. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So I know nothing about music, and yet 
I can say I know of certain musicians because they've transcended that bubble. I've listened so, to your musical choices, and I agree. You know nothing about music. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, uh, if you're not a boxing fan, you know Mike Tyson because mm-hmm. he transcended that. So while well, Mike Tom Tyson's Mc- punch out, man. <laughs> while, while Tom McFarland may be big in the comic industry or even in the collectible toy industry, he's not out there enough. He's not that big. So that's why my counterpoint is that. Would I, would I be uh, correct in that uh, assumption, Jen? Yes, very well said. I agree. It's not how girls involved. I don't want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) that's true. Uh, No, I agree with what you're saying in terms of that. I'm, um, I'm just stating that it's he's. So it kind of he still is a David in that situation. Yeah, but he's it's it's not like so much David versus Goliath at this point though in terms of the classical idea of like a really small person against a giant, it's, it, how can I, it's more like just two UFC fighters and one is ranked number one and one is ranked number three. All right, well, speaking of, of fighting, of, <laughs> of, of David and Goliath, of, you know, sometimes I think you people have a, a sixth sense. Hey, hey what about, do you mean by you people? <laughs> about, yes, uh, all the people named DSS. There you go. Um, about the news. So the next, the next bit is uh, from the I must break you. department. In honor of the 35th anniversary of the film Rocky IV, none other than Sylvester Stallone himself has announced that he's releasing an all-new director's cut of the film. Uh, when asked of what one of the changes might expect, Sylvester replied, the robot is going to the junkyard forever. No more robot. Um, Sylvester has been periodically posting behind the scenes of his process on social media, and one of the best replies from the announcement came from none other than Dolph Lundgren, who played Ivan Drago, and he tweeted, do I win this time? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, Jen, you're a Rocky fan? Um, yeah, 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 neutral, neutral. Did you see Rocky Four? Or Creed uh, 2. I've seen bits and pieces. I'd be like pH balance level 7 in the middle. <laughs> I, I don't really care. Dominic, a uh, Rocky fan? Of course. Rocky ended communism with that movie. I was uh, just going to say, I was like, no robots. He's going to go against Andrew Yang. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's more, who, who did more to end communism, Reagan or Rocky? It was Rocky. Rocky in one fight changed the entire USSR. I, I think if I can change, and you can change, everybody can change. Can I that have some change? That was from the movie, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know if I can have some change. Uh, my question is... I'm sorry, I only if, carry hundreds. <laughs> my question is, if you make the movie in the first place, and you're the director, right. how can you have a director's, director's cut if it's your own movie? I, yeah, mm. so that's, I, as you were reading, he's like, here's the director's cut. And I'm like, you are the director. Rocky was like, they'd let you put anything on. Hence, Rocky five. So like, no it's kind of like the roast I'm hosting tonight. The roast I'm hosting is the Dan Romano show. He goes, this is Dan Romano on the Dan Romano show. He always announces himself <laughs> in third person. He probably have a director's cut, too. But is it really a director's cut or is it just an, a, a, new cut. a special? Yeah, a special yeah. edition. It's a director's recut, really. Hmm. But I'm, I am curious to see what he's going to do with it. 
because it's like basically you're getting you're giving yourself a second chance at the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Because that's that's the thing now. You know, I mean, look, I can also understand that over time you re you look at what you've done and you realize, oh, I could probably done that a little better. I could have changed it that. This would have been the braver choice. So I I, I get it. Someone could look at it and go like, I want to go back at that. I want to redo it. Well, I mean, we've had many, many filmmakers and actresses. Uh, we have one as a, as a guest co-host. Um, that I, they're a lot of, they're very perfectionist and yeah. they're always looking back at what they didn't always thought they could do better. Isn't that right, Jen? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I actually am very proud of being in bad movies. And it's one of my goals to be in the worst movies possible and the best. Well, um, no, you're uh, right. I, I look back and I say, okay, I could have done a few things, a few better, a few better. Uh, one of my goals is to rehearse this year. I don't rehearse. But even if you're in a bad movie, you're like, oh, I could have done that worse. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So I think... Like, just oh. the fact that now all of a sudden we're allowing people to go back and fix the movies that they did, it's kind of, I guess, makes the original product less, in a way. I mean, well, do you like the um, special editions of Star Wars? That kind of answers that question for anyone. It's debatable, anyone. yeah. Like, if you really liked what George Lucas did, then you don't really have a problem with the concept of revisiting stuff. I mean, he's kind of like the first to do like the new director's cut. Yeah. Director's without, without even me calling it that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. You know, uh, I get why he did it because it helps set up the prequels. And, you know, he has enough money. He can do it. <laughs> and he could do it. You know, like if you um, think about it, if those scenes weren't in that, in those movies, when you look at the, you know, if you watch it in terms of sequentially for the timeline of the story, it wouldn't it's, have made sense. It's more herky jerky, yeah. Yeah. So like he smoothed he smoothed it out. So So speaking of movies, from the I wonder who will portray them in the movie department. Netflix has released a trailer for its new documentary about the twenty nineteen college admission scandals. Can you believe it was only twenty nineteen when that happened? It feels like it was so long ago. Um, mm-hmm. that made headlines when actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin were implicated and then arrested uh, for trying to cheat their way into elite colleges for their kids who didn't deserve to go on their own merit. Uh, Netflix says, everything you've heard is true, but you haven't heard everything. The film goes beyond the celebrity-driven headlines and drives into the methods used by Rick Singer, the man at the center of the shocking 2019 college admission scandal, to persuade his wealthy clients to cheat an educational system already designed to benefit the privileged. Dun, dun, dun. I, I think, was thinking Rick Astley when you said Rick. I was thinking, never going <laughs> to give you up, never going to let you down, going to spend all the money to go to college. I don't know. Silly. You know, it would be funny if they played that song. <laughs> that would but, be funny. But, you know, it would give them money for them, Lori Lachlan and Felicity Hutchie, if they played themselves in the movie. Mm-hmm. That would be <laughs> meta. That would be meta upon meta. I, I, would, I would pay to watch that movie, and I don't pay for yeah. nothing. <laughs> the <laughs> question is, could you get um, uh, uh, William H. Macy? Thank you, William H. Macy, to play himself. No, I think he'll get somebody else because he wasn't—he wasn't, he wasn't uh, attached to it. He was separate. I want to know how he pulled that off. Where he's like, I, I don't know. It was—it's one of my favorite. We've, we've actually played this on on the on the show. My favorite quote from Mystery Men. 
He's like, we've killed when they killed a Greg uh, Kinnear's character, which, you know, spoilers. And he goes, what do you mean we? I was standing over there. It's the same thing. He's like, what do you mean we were this? I was over there making movies. It's all Seriously, on you. It's all on you, honey. I love that. Somehow it's like, I had nothing to do with that. I'm like, it's impossible that you had nothing to do with this. Well, legally he didn't. <laughs> Somehow he was able to prove he had nothing and no, he, he was too. Bu- he was making Shameless at the time. He was too busy. <laughs> so the film is set to debut on March seventeenth of this year. So it's coming out really soon. So I'm curious. Wow. To what see I wonder this. how they feel. How do you well, think they feel about it? The the women. Yeah. Well, it depends who you ask. Because uh, uh, Felicity Huffman, if if you remember, if you were listening to our show, she said that she was she felt bad. And that's why she got the lighter sentence. I think she was like in there for like two weeks or something. Maybe, yeah, maybe less. Basically, she had a vacation. But Lori Lachlan was like, "No, I didn't know," and she doubled down. And then oh. she, and then, uh, then she backed off when they said that she was going to go uh, for for longer term. And I right. think she only was in for a couple months. But then right, she's, she's out, out now. Right. Everybody's yeah. out except for the husband, uh, so Lori Lachlan's husband. Just say, oh, I feel sorry every time I do something. Oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yes, that's oh, exactly, yeah. exactly true. And I'm speaking, gonna do that tonight because I'm roasting someone. So I'm just go. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah you you apologize afterwards. You say the bad, okay. and then you apologize afterwards. Yeah, I mean, look, All this right. is one of those. I can't say victimless crimes, but certainly one of those crimes that barely mer- merits any jail time. Yeah, <clears throat> jail jail is for people doing serious harm to human beings, like it, like physical harm. I, and college I, is a scam anyway, so scam them right back. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, beg for permission. No, beg for forgiveness, not for permission, right? That's the saying? Yes. Okay. So um, on, on that note, speaking of which, from the Beware the Muppets department. Oh, freaking Kermit, man. <laughs> Disney Plus has decided to slap a warning label on certain episodes of the original Muppet show, which is now available to watch on their streaming service. Disney says, <clears throat> as part of our ongoing commitment to diversity and inclusion, we are in the process of reviewing our library and adding advisory uh, advisories to the content that includes negative depictions or mistreatment of people or cultures. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversations to create a more inclusive future together. Uh, for those of you who do not know, The Muppet Show was a comedy variety show created by the late Jim Henson that ran for five seasons between 1978 and 1981. What's happening now? Frog Lives Matter? Is that the problem? <laughs> Frog Lives Matter! Frog Lives Matter! Like, I, yeah, I do want to know like what negative depictions they're talking about. It's The Muppets. It was Jim Henson. Like, it, Does it get more G-rated? Um, if so, anything... If anything, you know what skirted um, the boundaries of like like Muppet appropriateness was the last uh, show they Muppet show they did where Miss Piggy and Kermit had broken up and it was done sort of in that office style. Oh, that I, wasn't I, the last one. They have a new one already. <laughs> well, all right, the last one I watched back right. in like 2016, and which I thought was funny, and I was I kind of got annoyed that they canceled it. I thought it was really good, but like it certainly was not as G rated. It was certainly more on the PG rated level. So I don't know what could have been done during the original Muppet show. Any depictions of Native Americans, um, any depictions oh, of uh, stuff at the time that seemed right, you know, that kind of thing. And so at least I praise them for not banning it. 
Right. I think it's interesting that that's how you're going to go with slap the warning label on like this. It might not be appropriate, but look, it's the Muppets for your kids. I think that's where the weirdness is. I get like, uh, yeah, like what happened? The, they have a thing of the of the Muppets, like mu- like Muppet Native Americans with feathers in their hair or something. It's like, or or, or when uh, whenever they use the Confederate flag, like, you know, that's another thing. So we talked about how they banned the Dukes of Hazard. So now they would just slap on the uh the the warning that it might be uh it was inappropriate and wrong then but hey here's the, here's still the show so it's uh it's having our cake and eating it too which yeah. i kind of i don't know about i mean I'm, I'm i'm on both sides of the i can understand both sides of the argument like if you, go, uh, you go from g-rated to pg like blazing saddles blazing saddles they have nazis in the movie yeah so are they going to not you know they're going to ban blazing saddles Right. No, but then they say, oh, it's, you know, they slap the warning on it. So it gives it a different connotation of the movie itself. So it does change the perception of it, but at least it still exists. So that's, that's right. where I'm at. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's where I'm like, going. Look, Blazing Saddles drops the N word ridiculously. But at least at the time, people understood what they were doing was making fun of 1876 and 1976. Like they're poking fun at the at the stupidity of the of the mores of the time. Quite frankly, I think too many people find it are too literal. They can't understand that now. So uh, it's weird. It's just one of those weird things. So let's see. Um, so let's see. If we can get to we. Let's see. We have some time. Let's see. If we can get to the next one. Um, from the that's a lot of nuts department. That's a lot of nuts. After 13 weeks in theaters, The Croods Part 2 has remained in the number one spot for two weeks in a row, pulling in an additional $1.7 million in the Mexican box office receipts, beating out the Denzel Washington flick, The Little Things, which I saw was pretty darn good, at $1.2 million in its fourth week since release. Put that down on your list, Mark. Once again, to put things into perspective, the last time this year, the Harrison Ford dog movie, The Call of the Wild, won the number one spot with just $32 million, knocking out Sonic the Hedgehog from the previous week's number one spot. Of note, as we mentioned in the last show, uh, The Crude's Part 2 is still the number one film in 2021 with $50.8 million and counting, followed by Wonder Woman Part 2 at $42.6 million and counting. So it's weird how times have changed. Oh, yeah. I can't believe we're back to a time where like a million dollars at the box office is number one. Mm. Well, what do you think Sonic the Hedgehog is going to do with all that money? You think he's going to get a house in the hills? (laughs) 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 Climbing all those hills. He loves the hills, baby. (laughs) What a stupid joke. Wow. (laughs) But you acknowledge that it was a stupid joke, so it's fine. Yeah, all my jokes are stupid. I love Uh, it. Speaking of movies... Let's see if we can... Yeah, we should have time for this. Uh, from the, as I've mentioned before, just because it's open doesn't mean you have to go with apartment. After nearly a year, New York governor Andrew Cuomo has given movie theaters in New York City permission to reopen at limited capacity starting on March 5th, operating at 25% capacity with no more than 50 people at a time, along with other safety measures such as masks, social distancing, and heightened sanitizing measures will be required. Uh, AMC, which is the biggest chain in the world, says AMC's safe and clean policies and protocols include social distancing and automatic seat blocking in each auditorium, mandatory mask wearing and upgraded air filtration system. 
with uh, MERV 13 air filters, as well as many other important health, sanitation, and cleanliness efforts. We look forward to welcoming back our New York City guests to the big seats, big sounds, and big screens that are only possible at a movie theater. Uh, NATO, which is the National Association of Theater Organizers, says... No relation yeah. to the national defense thing. No, no. Okay. Yeah, I was a little confused there. there. Thank when you. you said like NATO, I'm like, what is the North American was it, trade organization or something like exactly. the alliance against communism have to do with it? I was so thrown off there. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. They says New York City is a major market for moviegoers in the United States. Reopening there gives us confidence to the film distributors and settings and holding their theatrical release dates is an important step to the recovery of the entire industry. We look forward to expanding the capacity from 20 25 percent 50 percent in the very fair in the very near future so that theaters can operate profitably okay uh, um i used to work at a movie theater yeah they say they clean stuff they don't clean anything yeah that's my point like if they're saying oh yeah we're doing all this stuff like you know what i worked at a movie theater i know what we were supposed to do i know all the osha standards we had an osha meeting every six months i know what we're supposed to do however <laughs> Because it's a business and profit-driven business by that. I'm just saying, as personal experience, and all you people out there who work for movie theaters or restaurants know, can back me oh, up yeah. on this. No, it's true. It's not. Things are never as clean. Here's the crazy part. Just this morning, I'm like looking through my tablet, and I see um, a headline, and I read the article from the New York Times about how this new variants are now taking hold in the city and are spreading. Oh yeah. Quickly. So I'm like, great. So they just opened up more stuff, which listen, I think it should be open, but they just opened more stuff right as this is starting to spread. History is going to repeat itself. My, my, I keep on saying just because it's open, you don't have to go. So I, yeah, I personally say that, you know, what? they didn't need to close on anything, but right. You don't have to go. Right. However, people like it's open. I'm going. That's the problem. Look, here's the thing: you got to remember only remember half the people you meet in your daily life are of adequate intelligence. <laughs> They're of average intelligence. Like people are just not that smart. It's just the truth. So, with since since we live in New York, and actually, uh, you guys are in um, Long Island, which theaters have been open already for a while. Yeah, and going. To have you point, have you gone? No. I have, n- I have not gone. I haven't seen a movie since Star Wars, uh, the train wreck Star Wars 9, as you would call it. What about you, Jen? Have you thought of the possibility of going to a theater? Or have you been to a theater? I don't really go to a lot of places, so I'm, I'm a tough person <laughs> to ask. I, I really say no to almost everything in life. So, yeah, no. And have you gotten COVID, Jen? I might have gotten it twice. I was very sick, and I thought I was going to die at one point in August, so it's very possible. Only get out there and live your life. Right. I might, I might donate antibodies. I, I, someone told me it's a good idea, so maybe I'll do it. You can help. I'll see. So out of the three of us, I'm probably the one that goes to the movie theater more most often. And, by the way, as I've mentioned many a time, I see movies for free. Um, I'm not going to go. Mm. So there you go. Like, well, I, I, do, I do barely interacting with anybody. I go to the theater. I see the movie for free. And then right. I leave. But yeah. I'm still like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm good I'm right having, now. Having seen movies with you, Mark, it is one of the most joyless movie experiences I've ever had. Because <laughs> so, wow. like, he's just so matter of fact about it, and it's usually for the show. So he's very work 
oriented around it mm. and like because he knows so much about concessions at movie theaters it's like you don't want to get <laughs> with well you should go to the movies with me then because i'm i'm screaming at the screen like oh no don't go in there oh shit oh you go girl i mean i'm, I'm talking you, you all go, the time yeah. on the party it's yeah. a party and you try to talk to mark during the movie and he's just like shh <laughs> I'm I'm working. I'm absorbing the information. <laughs> I'm figuring Aww. out why I don't like this movie, or if I do or do not like this movie. Yeah, that's true. So what's well, happening? It's it's the the information is coming in and it's and it's being processed and it's giving and it's being assigned a number and that number is being added to the to the base score of where I where it falls on the line. That's what's happening. Okay. So I guess you're not going to want to take my next tip, which was, you know, movies are only filled at 30% capacity, you're 20%, and they're cleaning them more. I was going to say, it's probably a good time to have sex in the movie theater. No one's going to you. It's cleaner than ever. I mean, come on. It's perfect. But, uh, which, which I, once again, we're in a movie theater. I know all about the hen. Mm, you seen it? Um, I... I believe I did. All right. All right. We're going to end on this, on this, uh, on this hey, little opinion. Wait, no, people I'm, on the show no, do not I'm necessarily saying. reflect this radio station. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end. We have, we, we have less than a minute. We have less than, okay. I'm going to end with the story. I'm going to end with the story before we take our break. Okay. So one, one day I was working at a movie theater and I was the manager. So I was in, you know, I had in charge of the whole building and everything was done. All the movies were done. I shut off all the projectors and I'm leaving. And as I'm leaving, there's certain, there's different ways to leave to go out of the building. And some, the easiest way in the theater that I worked at, which no longer exists, by the way, um, you, you cut through one of the theaters to go to the emergency exit that leads to where your car is. So as I'm walking down and going through a theater, I open the door and I see, because I'm, I'm coming in through the back of the, the, the theater. So I see a person back towards me that has, that, that has no top. Ooh. And it, and remember, this is the theater. Everything's done. And all the movies are gone. And I see the person's back. And I said, and it looked as if there was another person enjoying themselves in the seat with the person's back who I saw. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I turned around and I went a different way out. <laughs> and that was the end of that. So who knows what I saw? Who knows what happened? <laughs> checking for Shadow mice. <laughs> so we have less than a minute so with that story we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio ciao Hey everybody, this is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio, so keep listening. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel Tamon. Uh, and riding from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. 
Come down to Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin for the best new comics in the month of March. First, there was Future State. Now, from DC Comics comes Infinite Frontier! And from all the comics in March, the finale to The King in Black. And from the mind of Keanu Reeves comes Berserker! And your chance to win the rare 1 in 200 variant cover of Berserker Number 1 with purchase of the book. Cosmic Comics, located at 848 Merrick Road in Baldwin. Give us a call, 516-763-1133. Stay safe! I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocks. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about our dog. Our dog, that's right. We just got a puppy. Yeah. What kind did we get? Uh golden doodle <laughs> and that's part poodle and part golden retriever i yeah right i think we, it's called the f1b right i think that's what it's called more poodle than, than retriever. retriever yeah some people ah. call it the groodle or the poodle no not the Just poodle the doodle like <laughs> it does sound like noodle you're right about that that's too funny so we got this as um I don't even know. I put this off we for like... Just, we've been putting it off for years. Literally I, years. I think I've been putting this off for 13 years. Oh my God. Right? So, so since I was born, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I finally gave in. I, I didn't. You did? Oh, come on. You like the dog. Yeah. I see it on your face. Oh, come on. Admit it. You gotta, you gotta say yes, right? Come on. It's pretty funny. You play it's with cute. him. What's it's his, what's his name? That stinks. Bowie. Bowie, that's right. Yeah, we, we named him Bowie. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't the other names. So, right, which were the which was? Oh God! What? Come on, <laughs> we had some good names. <laughs> they we, were not good. They were great names. Lando. So we did. <laughs> we were doing a Star Wars theme originally. Yeah, but oh we were my doing God. Lando so and Obi and Kenobi. Obi's from Garfield. Right, but we also liked it because it was Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, nah. <laughs> but now it's Bowie, right? We decided Bowie. Ah, uh, yeah. After David Bowie, I guess, right? It's kind of where we went. Yeah, we were like music artists, and then you're like, oh, and then I think you said we were thinking we were just naming people's names, and then he went David Bowie, and then my mom went Bowie, and then we were like, okay, Bowie. Yeah, it took a while for four people to agree on this, you know. Yeah. Um, At first, Riley was iffy about it, but then he came around to it. Yeah, he was iffy about it, and but he he was much on the Obi and Kenobi one, right? Yeah, he. I don't even I don't even know his side. He was sort of all I remember his him going, yeah, and then no, but the random <laughs> ones. <laughs> I had like a million names. I wanted Flash and Bandit and Smokey nice. and. You also wanted George Kennedy, like what? Yes, George Kennedy. What? That would have been a great name. Ah, yeah, uh, too formal. Right, that's what's so good about what? it. What? Every time you call the dog, you would have been like, George Kennedy, come here. Uh-uh. George Kennedy, I need you, George Kennedy. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> no. I know. Everybody was saying that it should be two syllables, right? Uh, yeah. And end in E because Riley, Julie, Stacy, Lee. That's right, because we were all E's at the end of our names. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess he, he fits right in. He's very cute, right? 
He's cute. He's 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 very small. He's like five pounds. That's right, five point five pounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, almost the same thing. Almost the same thing, exactly. And now, uh, you know, he's been here for, I guess, a week or two, right? I guess well, a week. Uh, oh my god, it's been it's been a week already. It's been a week. This and is insane. Potty training happens to be my favorite part of this. Aye. You didn't even have to deal with it. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You don't have to do anything. You just say, look, he peed, and then you walk away. <laughs> oh, I think he wants to go out, and then you walk away. You know, <laughs> don't come in my room. Yeah. Right? But yet you go and hug him and kiss him and squeeze him. I don't squeeze him. Right. His but, breath stinks. <laughs> oh, yeah, his breath does stink. We got to get some toothpaste or something. Yeah. Hey. It, I think we didn't mom get that or something. I don't know what she got. But anyway, this is pretty cool that we got a dog. Yeah. Even though the, we kind of put it off for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's funny because uh, you and mom both had, you had a poodle that was named Brandy. And mom had a. A golden retriever. Yeah, a golden retriever that was named Brandy. Originally, yeah, they were thinking of naming it Brandy. <laughs> we were thinking Brandy, but it is a boy. The other two were girls. Oh, yeah, true. So, you know, it's good that we have kept the B name, I guess, going. Yeah. It's kind of like that Jewish tradition, <laughs> <laughs> right? Keeping the letter in. Yeah. But anyway, um, thanks for listening to our dog rant. <laughs> stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See you. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us A Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. This is Bookworm Batson on It Came From The Radio. Today's book, The Year of the Buttered Cat by Susan and Lexi Haas by Penelope Editions and an imprint of Penny Candy Books. This is the mostly true story of Lexi Haas. Lexi has kernicterus. And super simply put, what that is, is that she has muscles that work differently from what we're used to. It affects her speech and her movement. The book goes into this far better than I can. This story, or should I say this portion of the story, mainly focuses on two parts of her life. And hopefully we get more books from her in the future. One part of the story follows her around the age of five. There are a period of months that she calls the year of the buttered cat. In these months, she's on a journey or a quest to get her body and her voice. And in order to do that, she needs to find her five gifts. The other part of the story focuses on her at age 13 in the hours leading up to her second brain surgery. Without giving the book away, you get to see Lexi's journey through her own perspective. Like most of the listeners of It Came From The Radio, she is a superhero fan. She's very smart, she's sassy, super funny, 
reading her words and hearing her voice, you're drawn into her world. I really felt as if I were inside looking out. I got to know her mom and dad, her sisters, Hannah, Callie, Casey, and her brother, Tucker, and of course, the rest of the family, Luke, Gus, and the cat. I read this book in a couple of sittings, and then I actually went back and read it again. Her writing style is very easy to get into. And in a few lines, I was completely immersed into her story. I totally wanted to adopt her family. They gave me the warm and fuzzies. Um, there were parts of the book that found me laughing. She has such a range of humor from silly, she's sassy, she's snarky. Gosh, I loved the snark. And then there was a part near the endish of the year of the buttered cat where I was completely heartbroken and enraged at the same time. I actually had to take a break from reading. And I actually spent some moments just mentally curled up with her and her mom. I raged at the unfairness, the incompetence, the cowardice of, of someone that they should have been able to trust. When I was able to let go of some of that, I was able to pick up the book again and, and continue on. I'm going to pre-warn you. This is not a light, fluffy, easy read that you pick up, have a few laughs and forget about. Some parts of this stay with you. I mean, this book, it's enlightening. It's educational. It's warm. It's optimistic. It's inspirational. It's a must read. So I'm going to give this book five Spider-Man web slings. So here we go. This book, not only do I say it's a must read, not only did I like it, I recommend, I highly recommend that you go out and get it and read it. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From The Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, 11422. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi, everyone. This is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for my comic book pick of the week. Every 
So as you can see, today we're going to do another Anthony Bourdain review slash pick of the week. Um, technically, this is not a comic that I am recommending to you. And this is strictly a pick that those who are lovers and fans of Anthony Bourdain um, will want to have if they have a collection of his books, if they have a collection of his comics, they watched all of his uh, television shows, etc., etc. Um, the name of the book is called Anthony Bourdain Remembered, and it was put out by CNN. Um, and it's really a very simple um, eulogy in some ways, a remembrance of him. And it ha it opens up with a quote from him, and it then has a forward from one of the executives at CNN. And then what follows is just a series of beautiful pictures of Bourdain in amazing locales and remembrances of him by some famous people and journalists. But I think the thing that is so amazing is most of what's written here are just by fans who missed him when he died. Um, the reason I'm reviewing it and telling you it's a pick of the week, I just happened upon it the other day. I was at my local bookstore, uh, Book Review in Huntington. If you've never heard of it and you live on Long Island, uh, I really recommend you go check it out. It's a great bookstore. Um, and it just happened to be sitting there right as I walked in the door, this picture of Bourdain walking in what looks like somewhere in South America. And it just called me over, and I had to get it as I was a huge Bourdain fan. Um I think I may have mentioned this in the past. I got to meet him once. I got to meet him at Adelphi University back in 2007. It was the same year I was going to go uh, to Italy. And he was sort of my mentor and guide in how I wanted to approach that trip. Um, having watched his stuff, I got to talk to him. I got to shake his hand. I got to ask him a couple of questions. He actually lambasted me about one of my questions. Uh, I got to get Kitchen Confidential signed by him. So, unlike other celebrities, um, I felt a smaller but powerful connection to him because he was a really great guy and I got to meet him. Um, so, if you're a fan of Anthony Bourdain like I am, and you don't have this in your collection, I really recommend you go get it. I'm sure you can find it at any bookstore. Um, you can easily find it online by simply just going on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Goodreads, directly to HarperCollins.com. Uh, there's no shortage or hard way to find this book. It's going to be very easy. And if you, as I've said already multiple times, if you were a fan of his and you loved watching him, you're going to love this book. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Be open to experience... Be willing to try new things. Don't have a rigid plan. Uh, accept random acts of hospitality without judgment or fear. Don't be afraid to wander. Don't be afraid to eat a bad meal. You know, if you don't risk the bad meal, you'll never get the magical one. But I think most important, you know, be humble. Be grateful. Uh, be aware of the fact that you are probably the stupidest person in the room.
as far as you were the least prepared, least equipped person to know who's really in charge. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. <laughs> hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and then you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to do our little quarantine corner where I will let you guys know about a little independent movie that I saw. It's called Safer at Home. It is available on Amazon Prime Video and uh, Vudu, V-U-D-O, if you guys want to watch it there. Um, with, uh, I might get some, some spoilers, so be warned of that. Spoilers may uh, most likely will be mentioned, but uh, keeping it minimum on spoilers. It is basically a one of those movies that, it's a, that has computer screens as the characters. So think of... Um, uh, unfriended or what was the other one um searching kind of like that type of a film where there's a computer screen film and this one is slightly different whereas um it's it's a it's a pandemic type film it's shot it was shot during the pandemic and it's about the pandemic although what they did was they took the pandemic as it was happening at the time of filming which appears to be uh, somewhere mid 2020, I'm not 100% sure. And they take that concept and then they go the, the south route and then they jump ahead. I believe it was two, maybe three years into the future. And the pandemic is worse. And so you have uh, four groups of friends uh, getting together for a birthday party that they're going to have, a birthday celebration for one of the characters. So it's really four different shots of the, the group. So you have um, a gay couple, a male gay couple, I should say. You have a, a solo a female, and you have uh, a, another couple who just got together. And then the fourth group is a, uh, a steady in relationship, a man and wife, a man and woman couple that are together. And what happens is uh, they decide to celebrate the man's uh, birthday. And what they just do is they want to take some drugs because they're all locked up for three years going. And so they, uh, stuff happens. It's, it's a, I guess it would be on the terms of a psychological thriller. It's not a horror movie per se. Um, it's not a comedy for any sense. It's not even a drama. I think a psychological thriller would be, would be the correct term. Um, it's very low budget, which is fine, but it doesn't appear to be low budget because of what they decide to to use. Um, I thought it was it was a decent a decent attempt at a film that was made of its time. Uh, something happens to the characters, and I've watched movies enough times to know like all right, I see where this is going, and the music cues and just the way the setup was. I I saw what happened, what was going to happen in the film. 
And then it's basically the rest of the movie is them trying to resolve that situation. I've mentioned before that there's certain types of horror films or films of this nature where there's a beginning and you're just getting introduced to the characters. And some movies, some horror movies, you don't really need to know what's going on because they're just going to get offed one by one. And some of them you need to pay attention in the beginning because it has a relevant to what happens at the end. Uh, this is one of those movies. Um, it also has a little handheld uh, portion to it, not as of extreme as the Blair Witch or anything like Cloverfield. And I found that the characters were interesting and they were fleshed out and well-rounded. It's not the best movie I've seen. I, I've seen much better movies, but I've seen way worse. It was a good, entertaining movie. I found that the story arc made sense. There was one problem I have to I have to say because I, I like to be honest. When any of the characters were in motion, and they were using the phone, the phone was pretty darn uh, stable, which took me out of the movie for a little bit. Like if you're running, and you have a phone with you, the it's gonna be shaking up and down, but. Thankfully, because of motion sickness, they decided not to do that. But it's a little suspension of disbelief that uh, that I felt hurt the movie. And the resolution and the what happens at the end, I thought it was kind of nice. Um, and I really liked the world building that they did. Even though it wasn't a lot, the state of affairs that they were living in was hinted on. And I believe that it could be expanded upon in another a big budget movie of that world because they did have like certain little things such as uh, the police have certain rights and, and and powers that they don't have now but due to the pandemic and what happened in that pandemic as i mentioned it went it went the wrong way it it elevated that so i'm more interested, i was a little more uh, i want to know more about the world that they were in and what happened um the movie does have a post credit scene um, in the in the spirit of Cloverfield, I, I can say that. And um, the reason I watched it, because I, as, as you guys know, I'm a huge Power Ranger fan. And uh, Power Ranger uh, Dino Thunder uh, Ranger was in it, uh, Emma Lanham. So I went to see the movie because I heard that she was in it. And she had a small role. And it's years since she's been a Power Ranger. You know, she's an actress. And I thought everybody did well. The acting was 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 fine enough. I believed the situation. I believed the characters. I didn't feel that they were of um, uh, cardboard cutouts or stereotypical in any way. I liked how they had various degrees, and it, it seemed very real. And the one thing I I, I want to point out is that to me, it didn't feel where a lot of these types of films, the, the found footage films or the uh, the screen films, that a lot of the actors are just improving and making up as they go along, this seemed to have a better structure, like it was scripted. It may not have been, and maybe the actors were that good, but it felt that it, it, it had an idea of what it wanted to do, where it wanted to go, and it went there. So if you guys are interested in um, a very small budget, a uh, very small cast, um, pandemic movie in a pandemic, filmed during a pandemic, which might be the only reason to watch this film at this time, unless you're a Power Ranger fan like me. Uh, I think you guys should go check it out. I, I would give it a, 
like a seven, eight. It's a solid movie. It's not the greatest, but like I said, I've seen so much worse. And I'm curious to see the idea behind it and the and the world building around it. But in and of itself, it was a good little movie. So if you guys have a free time on your hands, which a lot of you do, and you want to go see a movie, have nothing else to watch, and you like independent films, I say uh, give it a try. So like I said, the name of the movie is called A Safer at Home. It is available on Vudu and Amazon Prime Video. So with that, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, this is Sherilyn Fenn, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to Archives Review Up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs> <laughs>